Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Hi, let's talk a little bit about the dumbing down of criminals, shall we? Uh, James Taylor not the singer, according to the photograph, uh, was in the process of robbing a man who just bought a bag of freshly fried chicken. When asked to hand over all his belongings, the victim did so, including a bag of chicken. But instead of taking off with the bucket, he just climbed into the man's car and started eating the chicken. Huh. (laughs) So Taylor came up to the man at gunpoint by the way, at 1.30 in the morning and demanded that he hand over everything that he had. The man handed over $2, a debit card, keys, and a bag of fried chicken. So then the man, James Taylor, climbed in the car and started eating the chicken. The man then goes in and calls police. Uh, police arrive and James Taylor not the singer, was in the car eating the chicken. He now faces charges including armed robbery with a firearm, aggravated possession of a stolen motor vehicle, aggravated unlawful use of a weapon, illegal possession of a debit card. (laughs) And also he should be charged with being dumb. Okay. Uh, Then we have, uh, speaking of criminals who are not that bright, uh, South Carolina deputies announced that they busted two people, uh, including a woman who hid cocaine in a fake rubber pregnancy belly. Now, I would say that's a pretty good idea. Although the incident happened along Interstate I-85 in Anderson County in the southwest of Greenville, uh, borders Georgia, according to the Anderson County Sheriff's Office. Deputies were conducting a proactive patrol. That's an interesting statement. Uh, Deputies were conducting a proactive patrol when they pulled over a car with a man and woman inside. So I guess that means they can just pull over anybody they want. If they're doing a proactive patrol, that's interesting. So deputies said that the woman appeared pregnant, but they soon became suspicious of the couple because the two gave conflicting information about her due date. As the woman realized deputies were becoming more skeptical, she took off running. That's your first, uh, that's your first sign of you're too dumb to be a criminal. As she was running, (laughs) drugs fell from the rubber stomach. (laughs) They found 1,500 grams of cocaine. So they both are now facing cocaine trafficking charges uh, in South Carolina. And that should end well. So we have got to do something here in this country about the dumbing down of criminals. What is happening? (laughs) Uh, Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Ooh, what a wicked web we weave when first we try to deceive. So Bob Lee, the Cash App founder, who was stabbed to death in San Francisco, allegedly by the brother Nima Momeni, 
who his sister, Kazar Momeni, a wife of a prominent plastic surgeon, apparently was having an affair with Bob Lee. Bob Lee <laughs> was part of the, the underground party scene in San Francisco known as The Lifestyle. So people familiar with the group said Lee and Kazar were sleeping together and many feared he'd falling into a dangerous lifestyle surrounding himself with the wrong group of people. Okay, now according to this, uh, Lee was confronted by Nima about the hard partying and his sister's involvement in an argument erupting at an early hours of April 4th when Lee was stabbed multiple times. Uh, he's, we saw the video of him getting stabbed, and then he stumbled around begging for help before collapsing near the Bay Bridge, which apparently is just, I don't know, 15 minutes away from uh, Kazar's apartment, the wife of the plastic surgeon who he was having an affair with. Okay, so I mean, is it, maybe he was in the same neighborhood, they live in the same neighborhood. I don't know that that's a big deal, but they make a point of it in the story. Just 15 minutes away from her apartment. Okay, Uh, so um, apparently this group, the the lifestyle group, uh, parties all over the world. And he was involved in this casual drug use and partying, taking ketamine and cocaine and traveling to raves uh, around the globe. Now the family says, no, this is not, this is not Bob Lee, sorry, uh, this is not him. Well, um, yeah, he was found with cocaine and ketamine in his bloodstream f- with the autopsy. So, and I guess uh, they had a big fallout at some party that night, a few hours before. Uh, so it's very possible that he was a part of the lifestyle. Uh, so the, the, what a wicked web we weave when first we try to deceive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a weird story. I would say that since Bob was, uh, was, uh, found with cocaine and ketamine in his system when he was murdered, that, uh, that would tend to make us believe that he was part of the lifestyle now the guy that stabbed him apparently is going to plead not guilty all right well good luck with that uh everyone should be guilty until proven innocent let's take a look at the video shall we i mean muddying the waters with the story of being a party boy and being a part of the lifestyle um doesn't change the fact that he shouldn't have been murdered (laughs) Uh, you can be mad at him for having an affair with your sister uh, but that doesn't mean that you get to murder him sorry about it (laughs) but it does uh, make the story interesting and makes me want to hear more about it and I would for sure like to hear more about the lifestyle although I'm probably pretty clear that I don't have enough money to be part of the lifestyle so unless I find somewhere to get me a billion dollars or so the lifestyle is won't be contacting me it's kind of disappointing actually now there is a group that i would not ever be a part of it's a group in kenya 
that is supposed to be a starvation cult. I'm not sure that uh, I would ever, ever, ever be a part of the starvation cult. Sorry. No. Hey, we've got a really cool club to join. All you have to do is not eat. No, thanks. <laughs> so officially, this is a sad thing, actually. Officials have recovered more than 200 emancipated bodies from mass graves in Kenya belonging to this, or they believe belong to this starvation cult who were encouraged to starve themselves to gain salvation. Now, we've all heard about fasting and prayer and intermittent, intermittent fasting, although intermittent fasting really isn't tied in with prayer but we have all heard about uh fasting and prayer and how that uh you know helps and and you find uh speaking to god while you're fasting but that's not starvation so authorities were alerted to the possibility of mass graves in this sprawling 800 acre property within the shakahola forest which is beautiful in eastern kenya <laughs> I love the Shakahola Forest in eastern Kenya. It's owned by the leader of the Good News International Church, Paul Mackenzie Entridge. Uh, Nethridge allegedly taught his followers that if they starved themselves, they would go to heaven. Er, no thanks. I guess I'm not going to heaven. Since then, 201 bodies have been recovered from mass graves on the property. 610 people are still being reported missing by their families. Recovery efforts have also managed to locate some survivors, all whom were too weak to walk when authorities found them. <laughs> Holy cow. Now, they also claim that there were um, guards at this particular, shall we say, church, worshiping area in Kenya. These guards were part of an enforcer gang that was tasked with ensuring no one broke their fast or escaped the sprawling property. So if you were part of the starvation crew cult and you decided, yeah, I'm going to starve myself and seek salvation, you couldn't decide later, no, you know what, uh, I'd like some food, please. <laughs> The Enforcer Gang was not having any of that. So the former alleged cult leader, his wife, and 16 other suspects are due to appear before a Kenyan court the end of this month, May 2023. So we shall see what happens to the starvation cult. Now, when they say they found bodies, they say that the victims they found died of strangulation, suffocation, and blunt force trauma, as well as starvation. So not everyone was able to find salvation because according to this cult, you had to starve to death. It didn't say, hey, we're going to partially starve you and then we're going to strangle you or we're going to put a pillow over your head or we're going to hit you over the head with some uh, with the butt of a rifle to kill you. Uh, you know, that that's it's close. It's close to the starvation, to seeking salvation. So I would say uh, starvation, salvation is not for me. <laughs> no, thank you. I do not want any part of your starvation, salvation cult. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink and maybe get something to eat in honor of the starvation salvation cult. Uh, I need something cold to drink, though, for sure. <laughs> Desperately. Ah. 
I see where they claim the Tonys are not going to be televised on June 11th after the Writers Guild of America denied a request for a strike waiver from the show's producer. Okay, so that means that this strike is not going to be over by June 11th? That's kind of disconcerting. Don't necessarily like the sound of that. On top of which, okay, so the Tonys aren't going to be televised. I have a couple, a couple of things with this story that, you know, uh, makes me think twice about it, okay? So they have a return host, this Ariana DeBose, and it was believed that she'll cancel if the strike was still on. She couldn't announce the winners of the Tony Awards without a writer? Um, man, that says an awful lot. <laughs> And the winner is, I don't know how, I don't know how to do that without it being written down on a card for me. Okay. And I know that it was a big year. Uh, Some like it hot nabbed the most nominations with 13, including best musical. Uh, Shucked and Juliet earned nine nominations, followed by Kimberly Akimbo scoring eight, and Jessica Chastain, 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 uh, led uh, a revival of A Doll's House, scooped up eight nominations, as did Tom Stoppard's uh, Leopoldstadt, which is political satire, I guess, ain't no more. Now, the race for Best Musical Revival includes Parade, Into the Woods, and Camelot. So, without a writer, we can't say, and the winner is... Some like it hot. Congratulations. Sweeping the Tony Awards. <laughs> uh, I mean, their ratings can't be that good anyway. It was supposed to take place at the United Palace in New York's Washington Heights. It was supposed to be 8 p.m. Eastern, li- uh, air live on CBS, as well as streaming on Paramount+. Plus. So we're not going to do that because of the writer's strike. All right. All right. I guess. I mean, maybe if you say we're going to stand, you know, arm in arm with our fellow writers, that's why we're not doing it, I guess. Because, I mean, I want the writer strike to be over. I want them to get what they deserve. And I want them to get back to giving us content for our shows, please. But, uh, wow, it's just uh, amazing to me that we can't even have an award show because the writers are on strike. Okay. All right. <laughs> Was that, I mean, the, the numbers were going to be low anyway. I mean, holy cow. Uh, they even say in the story, uh, you know, uh, viewership for the Tonys was dramatically decreased in recent years. Uh, yeah, because nobody really gives a crap about the Tonys except, you know, the Tony people. And so just... Just air it. Just do it. Give the awards out and be done with it. Okay? You don't need a writer. You don't need somebody to come up with some silly jokes. So if they can't do it live, then you know what? They they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Speaking of awards, though, I see where uh, the Eurovision contest is over. I had a couple stories last week talking about the big event coming up, and I was like, ah. Eh. Ah, the Eurovision thing. But congratulations to Swedish, Swedish, Swedish singer Lorene. She won her second Eurovision title for the song 
tattoo during Saturday night's finale in Liverpool, United Kingdom, in the 67th edition of one of the most highly watched live music performances in the world. 39-year-old Lorraine became the second artist and first woman ever to win the contest twice. The original slate of 37 performances whittled down to 26 ahead of the final competition and the first to allow anyone in the world to vote for their favorite performers. The show, which in recent years has garnered over 100 million views worldwide, is known for its glamorous costumes and staging. I should have watched this. I mean, I'm really bummed that I didn't watch this and I didn't give it enough attention. The event was held in the UK because of the war in Ukraine. I guess it was supposed to be in Ukraine. So, of course, we had to, you know, honor Ukraine and pay tribute to Ukraine because we're all united by music. So I know technically we're non-political in nature, but, uh, you know, it, you know, we got in trouble because we didn't want Vladimir Zelensky to speak at our event. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, you're begging for money everywhere else around the world. You don't need to be begging money for here uh, at the uh, Eurovision event. Okay. Sorry about it, Vlad. <laughs> uh, we're for you. And uh, we all, we're all, uh, we're all bowing our heads for Ukraine, but you don't get to come on and yap your, we need more money and more help. Okay. So congratulations to Lorraine for her second Eurovision title. Now, admittedly, I'm not on Snapchat. Uh, I think I have a Snapchat account actually, but I don't remember what it was. I think my daughter or my wife set one up for me a while ago. So I, I, I can't tell you. I, I think I've been on Snapchat once. I know a lot of people, and I see the, I see the uh, filters and the fun clips that happen on Snapchat. But I just, I'm not. I, you know, I got Twitter at JeffyJFR. I got Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. I got YouTube, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I got Cameo at JeffyJFR, which you know isn't free. Cameo is my pimp, and you can order through them whether you want me to be happy, sad, glad, mad, mean, whatever. And that's what I do. But that having been said, uh, Snapchat influencer Karen Marjorie, who I'm sure is wonderful, claims to have made more than $71,000 in one week after releasing an AI version of herself. Karen AI. She's charging fans $1 per minute for Carrier AI to be their virtual girlfriend. Okay. So according to Fortune, as of last week, uh, Karen AI had more than 1,000 boyfriends. And Marjorie estimates she could eventually bring in $5 million a month from her chat box. I may have to get on Snapchat. <laughs> it <laughs> uh, might not be a bad idea jeffy ai i think i could get behind that so so i watched uh air this weekend uh, it's on amazon prime and it was directed by ben affleck and it had you know matt damon and ben affleck of course he was in it uh jason bateman uh, Marlon Wayans. It's it pretty good. Uh, Viola Davis was Michael's mom. She was awesome. Uh, it, was, it was worth the watch. It was all about uh, Nike going after Michael Jordan and creating Air Jordans and how it, uh, you know, how much money they made and how much Michael made. And it was, it was a fascinating story. And, uh, you know, obviously based on a true story and how much money uh, that <laughs> uh, Nike and Michael has made. 
because of uh, the buy-in with uh, with Nike and Michael. He was the first one to get a cut of the sales of his shoe. That's pretty awesome, anyway. But I see where, uh, and I didn't realize this movie was out called a movie called Hypnotic from Ben Affleck. And the only reason I'm reminded of hypnotic was because there's a story that says oh no ben's been having a rough go at the movies lately oh no especially with his latest flick bombing at the theaters so hypnotic opened this past weekend 2.3 million dollars from 2100 or so theaters oh wow Uh, that's not good. Uh, that is not good, especially since the movie cost about 65 million to make. So I know air, uh, made about 85 million worldwide and it reportedly cost about 90 million. So it's barely breaking even. I don't know what money they're going to get on from streaming and, uh, sales. And you know, that, that movie is something that's going to be a long run hit. Uh, no problem. You're always going to tell me, you know, it's a, it's a, it's almost you know, based on a true story about Michael Jordan without having Michael actually in it. And it's fascinating. It'll be a long run movie. It's, it'll be fine, but holy cow, hypnotic, <laughs> uh, have a nice day. And I watched the trailer. The trailer doesn't really make me want to watch it. I, and I kind of like Ben Affleck. I'm not, I'm not an unfan. Yeah, I mean, I like Ben. Uh, I enjoyed some of his work. I mean, his acting ability is, oh, many question it. <laughs> uh, I, however, Ben, don't look at me. I'm not saying anything about your acting. But the story is all about J-Lo killing it because her new movie, The Mother, apparently number one on Netflix, which I meant to watch this weekend and I didn't. I apologize. And, of course, Shotgun Wedding on Amazon. Uh, which, you know, of course, I'm, I'll end up watching at some point. I get it. It's just, those are two pretty basic movies. J-Lo can do those movies in her sleep. And, of course, she does. And, of course, everyone loves them because it's J-Lo. So, Ben has got to be back to smoking cigarettes again. So, when J-Lo gets after him again for firing up a butt, he can just go, back off me. All right? I need to have a hit. tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson-Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org slash chosen. So who died today? Who died today? Let's start with Doyle Brunson. Yes, Doyle Brunson, known as the godfather of poker has passed away at the age of 89 years old uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
he uh, he passed away. It does not say what he passed away of. I know. Don't look at me like that. He was 89. I got it. But he's in the Poker Hall of Fame. Uh, they put him in in 1988. I love the Poker Hall of Fame. Can't drag me out of that place. Uh, he won 10 World Series of Poker Tournaments including back-to-back main events in 1976 and 1977. He, uh, his son was also inducted into the Poker Hall of Fame. It's a Brunson world at the Poker Hall of Fame. And his uh, books, Super System and uh, Super System 2, are considered some of the influential game has ever seen. So rest in peace to Doyle Brunson, who passed away in Las Vegas this Sunday. The Godfather of Poker at 89. And don't look at me like that. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that. He was 89. Okay. So I'm sure it wasn't that. Also, uh, who died today? Gloria Molina, a pioneering political leader who represented the people of Los Angeles, died on Sunday as well at the age of 74. She had terminal cancer. She'd been fighting cancer for the past three years she was the first chicana elected to the state assembly in 1982 uh, the los angeles city council in 87 the los angeles county board of supervisors in 1991 she was vice chair of the democratic national committee from the days of bill clinton's presidency until 2004 Uh, she was a featured speaker at multiple dnc uh, conventions really really fascinating woman uh she said she never thought about going to college until there was a bookkeeper at her school that said she needed to attend uh, the new community college and she said she hung out with all the chicanos and none of them were talking about going to college at the time but she ended up going and uh she decided that uh, she was gonna take a shot at the state legislature and she said that uh it was more about uh, women than it was just being uh, Chicano. She said that it was uh, not to become followers. She was learning to become leaders, not to become followers of the white woman's movement and not to become followers of the Chicano movement, but to become leaders for ourselves and other women. That was very important to us. So uh, a great woman uh, had a lot, a lot of work. I know, I know, I know. But Gloria Molina uh, passes away at the age of 74. Also, we have another horse. As long as we're doing Who Died Today. (laughs) We have another horse that is dead at Churchill Downs. What is happening? They are dropping like flies. Okay, I mean, eight of them have died. So another horse uh, died after running at Churchill Downs on Sunday. Eight fatalities at the track. Uh, since the weeks leading up to uh, the Kentucky Derby and now after. Rio Moon was euthanized after it suffered a catastrophic injury to his left foreleg a few strides after the wire. Wow, that must not have been pretty. A three-year-old ridden by jock and Martin, jockey Martin Garcia and a trained by Dale Romans was running in the sixth race of the day at the famed Louisville track. Yeah, okay, we got it. But uh, really, really weird. He said that... Uh, a three-year-old galley broke his neck after flipping and saddling paddock on April 29th. Uh, the freezing point three-year-old Colt uh, suffering injuries while racing in undercards. Two others collapsed and died suddenly without apparent injury. Pretty sure it wasn't that that they died suddenly of, but 
You never know. More than 7,200 horses died in total from racing, from racing injuries from 2009 to 2021. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, the numbers, I, I don't know what's going on, but uh, who died today? Uh, eight horse, eight horses at Churchill Downs have, uh, have died leading up to uh, the weeks prior to and just after the Kentucky Derby. Now, they're being euthanized, so they break a leg and uh, sorry uh, there, uh, Freezing Point, you, uh, you're going down. Uh, good job. Uh, Rio Moon uh, had, uh, I mean, Rio Moon just just ran the race. Uh, the race was over, and then he suffered the injury to his left foreleg. So right then and there, I mean, you're like, holy cow, you got to put him down. So sad. So I don't know what's happening with these horses, but something needs to be investigated. I'm sure they will. But uh, the horse racing industry is a mighty big industry. So good luck euthanizing that. Whole lot of money made on betting on horses. I mean, I see where it's been five years since the Supreme Court lifted the federal ban on sports gambling in the U.S. So we've got, I mean, that's another multi-billion dollar industry. Um, some of the numbers that came out in the, you know, saying hey, we're marking five years. So it's $95 billion. Americans uh, bet on sports in legal jurisdictions. Wow. Um and that's, holy cow, I mean, that's that's legal gambling, right? 71% uh, are two sports betting companies, DraftKings and FanDuel, control more than 70% of the U.S. market per gambling analytics. Whew, okay. 10% of wagers, these companies have struggled to turn a profit. Weird. FanDuel recorded its first quarterly profit last year. DraftKings has yet to report a profitable quarter. Interesting. Uh, 33, that's the number of states that currently have legal sports betting. Another four states have legalized sports wagering, but don't have any sports books operating. Uh, three of the most popular U.S. states, California, Texas, and Florida, have not legalized sports gambling, which is just crazy. I mean, okay. Uh, I mean, if you could get Texas, Florida, and California to start having legalized sports gambling, uh, those DraftKings and FanDuel will see a profit. Uh, the number of women joining, 45% is the number of women joining sportsbook apps. Wow. 45% uh, jumped, that mark jumped last year. Third straight year, new women users exceeded them. Women are pretty good at betting. I just got to tell you, they just are. Uh, they just are. Because they have, and this is this is just me now, this is a, this is a Jeff Fisher chewing the fat thought on why women are better gamblers than men, okay? Because they don't have a heart. They don't have any heart in it. I know you're going to say, yes, they do. They love their teams. They love their players. Okay. But overall, they have no heart. They're not in it for the heart. They're in it for the money. And that's the way you got to be when you gamble. You can't be in it with a heart. And I would say that, uh, you know, (laughs) don't look at me like that. You know I'm right. Women don't have a heart when it comes to gambling. Oh, you thought I meant overall. Well, well, well. (laughs) 
So last week we talked a little bit about Bo Jackson, uh, who has been suffering from hiccups for nearly a year. Suffering from hiccups for nearly a year. And he's been trying to solve the problem. And he even said in an interview that someone told him to smell a porcupine's butt. (laughs) I mean, if you want to get rid of something so bad and so horrible and someone says, hey, uh, you've had the hiccups for six months now. You know what? The way to get rid of them is to smell a porcupine's ass. You're going to do that. You just are. I'm with you, Bo. I'm with you. And so apparently he's going to go under undergo some surgery uh, that uh, this procedure is supposed to provide relief. Uh, there's been other people who have struggled with hiccups over the years. Uh, I've never had them that long. I will say that uh, the one thing that's kind of worked for me is uh, I drink a, you know, a cup of water and hold my breath and think of elephants. Don't I know this is like the porcupine's ass. Not as bad, though. But uh, it's just that someone I read or someone told me that if you, you know, think about elephants, the hiccups will go away. And so I hold my breath and I think about elephants. And it usually works. Again, usually. It's not 100%. But it usually works. <laughs> uh, so I got an email from Dwight who said that he was driving and listening to uh, the podcast and uh, the subject of hiccups and surgery to cure them. He said, I don't have Twitter, so the best way, this is the best way to reach out for me. Okay, thank you. You can email the show anytime, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Thank you. I appreciate it. I see them all. I don't comment on all of them, but I do read them when they come through. Uh, Anyway, getting to his point, Dwight. Uh, I have an easy, quick cure for the hiccups and it works for me every time it is 100 percent guaranteed this is a 100 percent guarantee from dwight the emailer to chewing the fat at the blaze.com and he claims here or your money back so uh, that's a guarantee for you right there you can't get a better guarantee than that uh 100 guaranteed or your money back and it takes only about 10 seconds very rarely will I have to do it twice, but never three times. So, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't work the first time, but it's 100% guaranteed to your money back if it works by the second time, but never three times. So after the third time, I would say write, uh, write back and get your, get your money back. So hold your nose closed all the way through the process. Take continuous drinks of any beverage holding your nose closed will not allow the displacement of air through the nose. Okay, so you want to take continuous drinks of any beverage, and because you're holding your nose, it won't allow the displacement of air through the nose. So it forces the air back up in the way of a burp. Very important in all caps. Don't release your nose after the first burp but continue drinking until the second burp. Understand the second burp will hurt. (laughs) He says not not a lot though. Not a lot. It will hurt, but not a lot. But it will hurt your chest to some degree. Uh, It's worth it in the end, according to Dwight. Uh, Try it next time you get the hiccups. And for me, it never fails. Well, he does. It never fails, uh, you know, at least by the second time. So anyway, there's a cure. I don't know if he ever reached out to Bo to help, but I sure, (laughs) I sure hope Bo has tried it because it sounds 
like a foolproof plan. And of course, Bo had a 100% money back guarantee. As now you do as well. Thank you, Dwight. So I'm scrolling through my phone this weekend just trying to, you know, I got to get a new phone. And so I'm seeing what's on this phone and I'm just, you know, if it's going to transfer over and what I want to save and I'm moving photos around. Uh, I love this phone, but I got to get a new phone here pretty soon. The crystal's broken and it's not, uh, I just got to get a new phone. But anyway, I found this uh, post that I had from uh, 2015 and it's the post that says the year is 1915 just 100 years ago so it's in 2015 so we are now nine years uh from we're 109 years ago was 1915 okay 100 and not well it's 23 so it'd be eight years okay no i'm already thinking it's 2024 what am i doing so this list is pretty interesting because it uh, talks about what was happening uh in 1915 which is now 100 and eight years away from 1915 the average life expectancy for men was 47 years fuel for cars only sold in drug stores only 14 percent of the homes had a telephone the maximum speed limit in most cities was 10 miles an hour the tallest structure in the world was the eiffel tower the average U.S. wage in 1910 was 22 cents an hour. So that's 113 years ago. A veterinarian could make between $1,500 and $4,000 a year. A dentist could make $2,500 per year. A competent accountant could expect to earn $2,000 per year. The average U.S. worker made between $200 and $400 per year. I mean, just an incredible list of the way things were in 1915, 108 years ago. Sugar cost four cents a pound. More than 95% of all births took place at home. 90% of all doctors had no college education. Instead, they attended these so-called medical schools, many of which were condemned in the press and the government as substandard. Wow, anybody could be a doctor. Uh, <laughs> I like that time. No, just kidding. Coffee was 15 cents a pound. Most women only washed their hair once a month. They used borax or egg yolks for shampoo. Man, does that sound good. Uh, Canada passed a law that prohibited poor people from entering into their country for any reason. The five leading causes of death were pneumonia, influenza, tuberculosis, diarrhea, heart disease, and stroke. The American flag had 45 stars. The population of Las Vegas, Nevada was only 30. Crossword puzzles, canned beer, and iced tea hadn't been invented yet. There was neither a Mother's Day nor a Father's Day. Two out of every 10 adults could not read or write. 6% of all Americans had graduated from high school. Marijuana, heroin, and morphine were all available over the counter at local drugstores. Now, now you're getting into sounding good. <laughs> uh, back then, apparently, according to this, pharmacists said, hey, heroin clears the complexion, gives buoyancy to the mind, regulates the stomach, bowels, and is, in fact, a perfect guardian of health. Yeah, those good times right there. 18% of households had at least one full-time servant or domestic help. Wow. 18% of households had at least one full-time servant or domestic help. 
Then they just got married. And last, there were about 230 reported murders in the entire United States. Yeah, reported. So that was uh, things that were happening in 1915, just 108 years ago. Think about where we're at now. We're at dating a Snapchat AI girl for a buck a week. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.